You're listening to the Podcast Network. Find more great podcasts at www.thepodcastnetwork.com. Listen. Learn. Evolve. The United Nations report released last week was fairly clear in saying that humans are the runaway, are responsible for the runaway train of global warming. And uh, it's pretty much put an end to the debate that has been increasing over the last decade in particular about whether or not humans are responsible for climate change, for global warming, or if it's just something that occurs naturally every so often on the planet. And yet, Australian Prime Minister John Howard is still not really convinced. Uh, there's this report in uh, news.com.au this morning where John Howard is accusing Labor of being fanatics. Uh, he's got this new... Uh, Environmental Minister following the reshuffle uh, last week, Malcolm Turnbull, investment banker. Malcolm's now the new Environment Minister. And, uh, I mean, one good thing about Malcolm, he's obviously a Republican. People remember the Republican debate of whenever the hell it was. <laughs> two, 2000, no, before two, 90, 96, 95, 97, who can remember? But, uh, you know... Malcolm doesn't seem to really be on board with the whole environmental thing. The thing that bothers me most about Howard's comments this week, you've probably heard on the news, he's basically saying that he's going to think about a carbons trading system, but uh, doesn't want to implement any system that would damage the jobs of coal miners in Australia or negatively impact the economy. Now, surely we need to start being prepared to uh, deal with uh, damage to coal miners' jobs. If we're going to cut back on the amount of coal that we use, it's going to affect the amount of coal that we're pulling out the ground, and uh, which is going to damage coal miners' jobs. Now, I know that it's the politically uh, correct thing for the head of a conservative political party in Australia to say, but wouldn't we all have a lot more respect for Howard if he just came out and said, you know what, shit's got to change, kids. Uh, it is now absolutely indisputable that humans are responsible for climate change, that we're fucking the planet up. We've got to uh, make some radical changes. Now, the Labor Party in this country now, led by pretty boy Kevin Rudd, pretty boy Catholic Kevin Rudd, are coming out and saying that they're going to make uh, a big difference and they're sort of get, sticking the boot in the Howard saying that they uh, were responsible for an emissions trading system three or four years ago, which Howard says he doesn't remember. Like, uh, was somebody told us that Saddam was getting kickbacks? No, don't remember. But um, let's face it, I mean, the Labor Party's just going to be as piss weak on this as uh, they are on most things. So we really need a new era of political leadership in this country um, that isn't beholden to 
big mining companies. We need somebody who's prepared to stand up and uh, make the hard decisions. It's obviously not going to be Howard. And uh, who can really believe it's going to be Peter Garrett? Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really worried about Australia's role in this. I mean, we're a huge, huge producer and exporter of fossil fuels. Uh, you know, we really need to play a leadership role in getting on board. I mean, yeah, look, we should have done it a long time ago, but now that the environmental uh, panel, the intergovernmental panel on climate change has come to this absolutely overwhelming conclusion. We, we can't be seen to be dragging our feet on this anymore. So I don't know, I've been trying to think what we can do as new media people, bloggers, podcasters, what can we do to impact the uh, Australian political process? Can we do anything? Are we too small? Uh, do we have a voice? Can we can we create a bit more of a ruckus? I don't know. What do you think? Um, g'day world. It's g'day world something 197 maybe it's the uh 6th of february 2007 getting up to g'day world 200 uh we've probably already done 200 shows because i when i changed the numbering system a year or so ago there was just stuff that i forgot about and you know but anyway we'll pretend those don't exist 200 shows over the last two and a half years I think I've been podcasting for an extraordinarily long time and uh, you know I'm just as excited about it now as I've ever been what I thought I'd start off with tonight is just um, having a look at some of the comments on G'day World uh, over the course of the last few days and you know I usually write uh, replies to them online I thought I'd also tackle some of them verbally tonight because I, quite frankly, I just get sick of saying the same thing in uh, print to Molly over and over again. So, uh, Molly, who took a little holiday, is now back. By the way, congratulations to Molly for winning the $50 Amazon voucher uh, that has been sent. Hopefully, uh, he's already spent it. Tell us on tell us what you spent it on, Molly. Um uh, we'll get to Molly in a minute. The, the 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 stuff that's tickled me the most in the comments recently has been the comments to the show I did with Theo from D Look the other night. This guy, uh, what's his name? Let's have a look here. Chris, Chris, what's your name, Chris? Chris Constable. Now, Chris Constable uh, jumped on the D Look post and said, it's a pretty sight and a nice sentiment, but unfortunately, due to the poor search experience and the irrelevant results generated, I did a search for a restaurant in New Farm in Brisbane, and the first five entries or results were all located in other areas, not one actually in New Farm. This site is probably going to go the way of 131shop, Aussie.com, Big Color Pages, and a multitude of other sites. Love them or hate them, while Yellow Pages and Telstra have access to the huge database and massive SEO and marketing budgets that do, I think he meant that they do, it will continue to be the number one business directory. If these guys think they are going to match the census Telstra machine, they're kidding. The only serious challenge to the Yellow Pages in recent years was City Search. Despite strong web traffic, the market did not support them and the end result was Census bought them out to eliminate a competitor. Competition is a good thing in any sector, but if these guys are financing this, the... 
and then he just sort of I don't know ran out of the ability to type now when Chris posted this comment he left his email address as chrisconstable at hotmail.com unfortunately for Chris uh, the logs uh, identified his IP address as being uh, a census.com.au IP address so um Chris, you know, if you're going to uh, bag a competitor on my side at least, I highly recommend that you have the balls uh, and integrity in future to at least put up a disclaimer. Say, look, I work uh, for Census and the views reflected here do not necessarily respond to those of my, correspond to those of my employer. However, you know, it's just it's just bad form, Chris, to be uh, slagging off competitors of the company you work for without outing yourself. Now, um, who knows? Anyway, but I also repeated the search on DLOOK, which Chris s- suggests he did for a restaurant in New Farm. Now, again, he said the first, first five results were all located in other areas. When I did it, uh, I think... Four out of the first five were all New Farm, and the other one was somewhere called Tenerife in Queensland. Don't know where that is, but at least uh, four out of the five results, the top five results, were in New Farm restaurants in New Farm. So, Chris, either you were just out and out lying, or uh, didn't know how to work the D Look site. And considering all you have to do is type in restaurants New Farm and hit go, uh, it's really not that hard. So let that be a lesson to anyone trying to game uh, G'day World's uh, comments section. You will be found out. Another post that uh, got a lot of uh, response in the last few days was my one on the difference between speculation and faith. Now, the reason I wrote this, not as uh, my old colleague Fred Pugsley suggested that I'm just lacking in topics, that I feel the need to compare apples and oranges, Thanks very much, Fred, for that uh, highly intelligent comment. It's because I keep getting people uh, in the comment section and in emails in particular, and on IM, who are, I guess, Christian apologists or Christianists. Actually, what does Andrew Sullivan call them? They're Christianists, I think, at the moment. I keep getting all these people trying to tell me, well, you know, science is all about faith as well. You know, scientists have faith. And then it's just rubbish, guys. It is, uh, I mean, whether or not individual scientists have faith is something that I guess I can't comment on. But the fact that the scientific process does not involve an element of faith, as people keep trying to spin. You know, there was even a comment um, on that blog post from somebody called Ray. And Ray says... Uh, Back to your point, though, even diehard rationalists take things on faith. How does anyone know, for example, that what their eyes see is a perfect representation of reality? Senses have been known to deceive. Human brains can misinterpret what they're given. Having said that, however, I'll side with the rationalists simply because their baseline is set closer to what I regard as the truth. I find it to be a more honest approach as opposed to inventing an old bearded guy in the clouds, comforting and useful as he may be. Well, at least Ray's on our side, but, you know, Ray... The difference between believing what your eyes tell you and faith as a 
you know, a religious person uses the term or the dictionary definition of the term. Let's let's go back to the dictionary definition of the term of faith is believing thing believing something without any logical evidence or proof. Now what message your occipital part of your brain <laughs> tells you that uh, you're seeing based on the data that's coming in through your eyes that is evidence that is evidence which means that it isn't faith it is uh evidence that you know something exists out there now that's uh maybe a little bit specious because it's evidence that's existing in your own brain and you would need to be able to to truly, you know, come up with a scientific conclusion about whether or not you're seeing what's actually there, you would need to get be able to verify that with a, with you know some other independent people. And uh, you know, it, what we see or think or feel in our own brains is always very hard to verify with other people. But uh, because you know their interpretation of the evidence may be different from our interpretation of the evidence but that's very different from faith faith is believing things with no evidence so i you know I, again I, I have to be clear on that when people start using the term faith loosely and, and tying it into the rational thought process faith isn't rational the very definition of faith the dictionary definition of faith is that it isn't based on logic or rational proofs it is inherently by definition irrational and the reason i'm making a big deal of this is because again it's just another one of these arguments that i seem to hear over and over again from christians that i don't know how how they ended up getting this story where it comes from there seems to be a you know there's there's this handful of justifications or misdirections that Christians use whenever I get into this discussion. And they're all things like, you know, well, everyone has faith. You know, scientists have faith. Science involves an element of faith, which is ah, wrong. Then there's things like, well, there's no evidence for the theory of evolution. Ah, wrong. There's no evidence for the Big Bang. Ah, wrong. Let's uh, the other one. There is more historical evidence for for the existence of Jesus Christ than any other person in history. <clears throat> Wrong. Um, you know, there's just the series. I can't remember what the rest are off the top of my head. <laughs> but there's there's a half a dozen uh, arguments that I hear from Christians all the time that are just blatantly incorrect. And I uh, and I wonder how they get out there and why they're believing this stuff. I mean they hear these things and obviously don't really think about them or at least don't investigate them uh, read a book about them they just take it on face value they hear their priest or another christian tell them this stuff and they just go oh okay well whew, gee there you go anyway believe it or not my my rants about you know versus faith uh, over recent times isn't really to convert people of faith that's not why i'm doing it the reason i'm doing it is because i believe that in australian society if, if you even though 90 percent of people on the census put themselves down as belonging to a particular religion i reckon there's probably a good 60 percent of those 70 percent of the population who 
aren't really passionate believers in any religion. They're not really, they haven't really thought about it, analysed it. You know, they're not aggressive, you know, religious people. They just kind of go along with it. You know, they were brought up in a particular religion. They probably have nice, warm and fluffy ideas. They got somewhere along the way like, oh, well, it's harmless and... It's all about loving thy neighbor and gee, wouldn't it be nice if we were all sweet and hugs and turn the other cheek. And they have this erroneous view of what religion is all about, which is about nice things. They don't really see it for what it is, which is a philosophy based on, you know, violence, intolerance, it's bloodthirsty, doomsday wishing philosophy, which is inherently negative. All the stuff that I've said on the blog and on the show over the last couple of weeks, you know, that the Abrahamic religions are are founded on, you know, these stories of Yahweh, who is an incredibly bloodthirsty, uh, you know, intolerant, jealous, angry deity. That's the basis. And then you have, you know, Muhammad or you have Jesus for the the Muslims and the, the Christians who have come along and put their own spin on top of it. Which, you know, depending on which bits you want to read from their respective stories, you can either see it as being pacifist or you can see it as being just as intolerant and violent. And again, it's all built on top of the Old Testament. You know, they both believed in Yahweh from the Old Testament. So it's it's an incredibly damaging uh, philosophy for the human race. And um, so, yeah, I guess the basic objective here is over the course of the next couple of decades, we need to put up an aggressive, um, active movement to get that 60, 70% of the population who aren't out-and-out atheists, but also aren't out-and-out believers, and um, help them understand the inherent danger and the inherent negativity of religion and bring them over to being rationalists, secular humanists, atheists, whatever terminology you want, scientists. Bring them over. And so then if we've got 60-70% of the population who believe and are vocal about the fact that religion is a bad thing for human society and for the future of the human race, it's going to become a lot more difficult, A, for the believers to continue to believe what they believe. You know, we can't and don't want to force them out of it. But in the same way, it's, you know, far more difficult in 2007 than it was in 1907 to say things like, well, Aboriginal or uh, people of African-American heritage are inherently inferior to white people of white european white european heritage you know it's it's very difficult to be um openly racist or a segregationist in america or australia or in the united kingdom or new zealand today than it was 100 years ago certainly 200 years ago where it was the norm you know the the goal is that 20 years from now it will be as difficult to profess a belief in some sort of Bronze Age deity or, you know, 2,000-year-old magic worker. And then, you know, the, the people we're trying to protect, I'm trying to protect here are the kids. You know, the, the kids uh, shouldn't be brought up in a society that treats delusion as virtue. 
you know, I, I my hope for future generations of Australian, American, British, New Zealand, you know, European, Western children, and for all of the children of the world. But I guess let's tackle the the West first. Less challenges there, I guess, is that they are brought up uh, with a value system that places uh, a superior value on rational thinking, on reason, on logic, on evidence, you know, on scientific process and scientific method, and uh, frowns upon you know belief systems or mythologies that uh, are refuted. Not only do they not have evidence to support them, but they are overwhelmingly refuted by the evidence that's available to us today. And, uh, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, we'll have been able to wipe the last vestiges of uh, ancient mythology uh, from the human race. But um, in in the short term, it's actually getting those of you or those people in the population, they haven't given it a lot of thought. And it can't just kind of sit on the fence or they're somewhere unconsciously in the middle of the pack to get them to start to think about it, start to realize what a negative thing this is, that it's not, you know, uh, a picture. It's not this picture of, uh, you know, six foot two, blonde head, blue eyed uh, Jesus carrying a little sheep and a crook in his arm and uh, telling people to turn the other cheek. That's not what these philosophies are about. They're incredibly intolerant. They're incredibly violent. You know, it's love thy neighbor as long as thy neighbor looks like you and believes what you believe. Everyone else is the enemy and is, uh, you know, doomed to eternal hell if they don't believe what you believe and we're going to have this judgment day where they're all going to be uh you know what did jesus say Uh, what happened to sodom and gomorrah was nothing compared to what's going to happen to these people so mass genocide is nothing compared to what's going to happen to you if you don't believe what jesus believes this is the people that people you know christians try and portray as a pacifist uh, you know, that sort of goes to some of the comments that I've had from uh, Molly, etc., saying things like, well, I, I, I pulled some quotes out of the New Testament to um, uh, to, to point out that Jesus, not all of the statements attributed to Jesus. Of course, he didn't actually write anything down, and we don't really know what he said, if in fact he did exist. But, uh, you know, I I pulled uh, these quotes out that said, uh, And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I am not come to send peace but a sword. And another quote, But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Now, yes, Molly, I left out some fluffy stuff about harmless of doves. <laughs> Somewhere in there, I wasn't planning on you know, quoting the entire chapter verbatim. I was pulling the bits out to, to make a point. I mean, I guess the the key thing to take away from that is the uh, you know the New Testament is incredibly inconsistent. Uh, you know, there are bits of nice fluffy stuff in there. There are bits of incredibly intolerant, violent stuff in there. And uh, you know, if you can't really just pick out the nice bits and 
pretend that the bad bits don't exist. So it's best just to throw the whole thing out. Keep it as a great work of literature, like the Iliad and the Odyssey and, uh, you know, all of the great ancient scripts that we, you know, the, the, the uh, Vedantic scriptures of India and uh, Confucius's writings, etc., etc. What else do we have in the comments section? Uh, we were talking a little bit about motivation stuff um, based on a com conversation that I had with uh, my mate Michael Specht earlier in the week. Hey, you know, when I look at uh, the comments in WordPress, it only goes back, what, 20 comments? And uh, then I have to have to go and look at them in real, sort of real time on the site. That's no good. Anyway, um, what else did I want to talk to you about tonight? Oh, this thing in the US, isn't this classic? The, um, the, the advertising campaign for Cartoon Network's show Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Now, I've, I've been reading this for the last week, trying to get my head around it, and, and I can't quite figure out what went on. Maybe somebody can help me understand. So uh, Turner Broadcasting Systems that owns the Cartoon Network that has this show called Aqua Teen Hunger Force, they engaged an advertising agency called Interference Inc. They came up with this campaign of putting some sort of electronic signs, blinking three dozen blinking electronic signs around subway stations and bridges and in other public places in Boston. Now, for some reason, bomb squads were called in <laughs> after these signs were sort of found and and it interrupted traffic and bridges were shut down and the bomb squads brought in and then figured out these things were just blinking lights and were harmless but Turner Broadcasting Systems and and Interference Inc the ad agency have agreed to pay 2 million US dollars um to various state and local agencies to resolve potential civil or criminal claims now <laughs> What I can't figure out is why people thought these were bombs. They were, I mean, it's not like people in America haven't seen uh, an electronic ad before, blinking lights. I mean, you go down Times Square, it's full of blinking lights. Why did they think these things were bombs? I, I, I can't for the life of me figure it out. Now, anyway, that aside, the amount of free press this is uh, gathered for this show... I mean, I, I'd never heard of Aquatine Hunger Force uh, a week ago. <laughs> I reckon $2 million is like pocket money for the free press that these guys have got out of this. It's just, you know, a massive amount of copy that they've received uh, for doing it. Um, I like the two guys, Peter Bodovsky and Sean Stevens, who uh, were the guys hired by Interference to hang the signs around the city, have been charged with placing a hoax device and disorderly conduct. The men pleaded not guilty to the charges. Um, the hoax device. I mean, did these things, were they made to deliberately look like bombs? None of the... News stories I've read indicate that they actually were designed to look like bombs. They were blinking lights as part of an ad campaign. How can that be classified as a hoax device or disorderly conduct to put flashing lights up around the city? It's got me beat. All right, well, they're the things on my mind tonight. The uh, 6th of February, 2007. I got a lot of work to do tonight, a lot of spreadsheets to uh, go over. 
yeah. So um, leave you with that. Have a think about climate change. What do we do as uh, bloggers and podcasters to get the Australian federal government or your government in whatever country you happen to be listening to to take this climate change stuff seriously and stop thinking that they have to protect the economy. To, I mean, this isn't like, well, you know, we need to protect the economy and do this at the same time. This is the destruction of the planet we're talking about here. Um, now, okay, you might be able to debate over what the impact of, you know, a temperature rise of five degrees is going to do, but the level of impact but i think uh the scientists on the intergovernmental report all tend to believe that it's uh very very serious so uh you know we're gonna need to take a hit there's there's no two ways about it you know there's douglas follette the uh honorable secretary of state for wisconsin has said on the show a number of times you're not going to get out of this without a massive change in lifestyle in the coming decades we're going to have to fundamentally rethink how we live, you know, the amount of energy that we use, the amount of water that we use. It's it's really time to take a completely new look at those sorts of things. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of pain involved, uh, economic pain, lifestyle pain, but it's uh, better to be on the front foot with how we tackle that rather than just keep delaying the, those changes and end up ha not having a planet to live on anymore. See you later, folks.